Yo, what up, what up, guys? Amir Fazeli here from Adonis Athletics, where the strong belong. And you're listening to another episode of Bars, Plates, and Protein Shakes. Guess what? This uh, podcast is now available on uh, Spotify. If you look it up, you'll find it, uh, as well as uh, a few other places. But that's the latest one that's just been released on. Anyway, on to today's uh, topic of discussion, and it is uh, the... Uh, the whole notion of uh, evidence-based uh, practice and um, knowing when and where and if you should bring in uh, anecdotal evidence into uh, the advice you give to your clients and and you know the, what you use in your own training. So let me explain. If you are somebody who's been, uh, if you're somebody who's been involved in the health and fitness industry, uh, especially as a PT or a coach. As from say any time before eight nine years ago till now, uh, you will no doubt have seen the drastic difference, the changing landscape of this this whole concept and notion that everything should be research backed and the importance that gets placed on it. Nowadays, it's very common for people to um, uh, you know not take anything on board as far as uh, training advice before asking do you have links to that article before asking uh, where where did you see the study for this published etc and they uh, a lot of these people seem to be extremely and very swiftly dismissive of anecdotal evidence uh, so anecdotal evidence refers to any kind of uh, evidence that you have that has come through experience uh, usually and typically lots of experience like consistent experience but not published in any papers or anything like that hasn't been scientifically proven it hasn't been it hasn't been disproven either but hasn't been researched there are no papers on it at least no solid papers and research and so it hasn't been conclusively proven and so people just a lot of people these days just completely dismiss it off the bat. Now, look, there are certain things that have survived uh, from anecdotal times and, and old school bodybuilding and just like pro training or what have you. And um, it is still a myth, right? But there are certain things that have come about and have stayed around from those times, from those cultures that uh, seem to hold true value and and uh, later research has come out to actually prove them right. This is the thing. For example, something that, that pops into my mind uh, off the top of my head. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, people used to say to me when I, when I first got into training, when I was much younger, people used to say to me, uh, you... you you should only have a certain amount of protein per meal because the body can only t- uh, take on a certain amount, right? Uh, it it seemed like uh, it seemed like inaccurate information. It seemed like, well, no. If I just have um, my protein through the day, if I have my total required protein, then uh, I can. It's it's as good as 
uh, sort of just having it at any other time through the day, as long as I get it all in. Kind of like if it fits your macros, kind of like flexible dieting, right? Turns out, I mean, research came out recently that it's actually not the case. The, the body does perform more optimally if protein intake is regulated more throughout the day uh, and divided up equally through the day and, and taken up at regular intervals of three, four hours. And the amount of protein you can uh, ingest and, and use per sitting does depend, uh, it does have a limit and does depend on your body weight. So there was some truth to that anecdotal, uh, you know, advice. Uh, and there are, there are many other sort of advices like that around that are anecdotal in nature, exactly like that. But there is no research evidence as yet to, to back it up for various reasons. Either it's, it's not a very common problem for it to be as a, on a priority list to be researched, or maybe there's nobody that's really interested in research, researching that particular uh, subject because the, it doesn't interest the researcher themselves, or whatever other reason it may be. But um, to just completely dismiss any anecdotal evidence that, that comes around, just because at the moment there is no, um, you know, study or research proving it or disproving it isn't really good practice that you could be missing out on on a lot of um, a lot of good information a lot of uh, training uh, I guess efficiencies improvements uh, if you were to have a little bit of a more of an open mind and uh, be able to sort of dis discuss it or try it at least and then make your own sort of decision as to what's going on and you know I'm speaking about this right now and I remember back uh, just now about a year, year and a half ago, I actually, uh, I actually heard Eric Helms say the same thing on a podcast that he was doing. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but uh, he was alluding to the same thing that anecdotal evidence gets rejected so, um, so readily and so quickly, uh, whereas a lot of these anecdotal evidence that's around. The research hasn't been done on it. Uh, there is, um, and it may not be done for, for quite a while yet to come. But it's producing results in a certain population group again and again consistently. Are you really going to just turn a blind eye on that? And, uh, and you know, have this borderline arrogance that, no, this, uh, this and this uh, concept is, does not work because it's not scientifically proven because there are no research uh, papers on it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you, you couldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. If you're somebody who is uh, looking to get the most out of your training, looking to get the best out of your clients as a coach, you should be keeping your eyes and ears open for anything that seems to be consistently producing results again and again. And the reasoning behind it may not be known just as yet, but it doesn't matter. Even if you have like a black box approach to it, meaning that you know that doing a certain thing produces a certain result, not knowing what the process of it is, you would still do yourself and your uh, clients who are paying you uh, good service to 
employ those those anecdotal evidence and get something more out of your time and their time. Uh, keen to hear what everybody thinks about this. If somebody has a different opinion on it, definitely put it forward. Let me know. Uh, but that's that's my stance on it. That's how I view it. And I can tell you personally from experience, time and time again, uh, I've um, been stuck somewhere in, in a little bit of a roadblock where I've had to uh, get past the plateau for myself or my, for my clients. And I've applied anecdotal evidence in that particular case and have been able to be successfully uh, get past that plateau and produce some results. So I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to just uh, readily dismiss anything, uh, especially if it's producing results for people time and time again on a pretty consistent basis. Until the next episode, this is me, Fazeli from Adonis Athletics, where the strong belong, and this is Bars Place and Protein Shakes.